Hi everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of the LGBTQ plus Let's Get Behind the Questions podcast. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the lands on which this podcast is being recorded and wherever you may be listening today. I'd also like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging and pay tribute to our First Nations LGBTQ communities as well. Welcome back to another super duper fabulous episode. And I'm still joined by my co-host, Nick, who hasn't yet quit. So thanks, Nick. You're doing a great job with putting up with me. Look, it's a little bit challenging, a little bit difficult, but someone's got to do it because we couldn't let you host this on your own now, could we? Disagree. But, but anyway. in all seriousness, everybody, hmm. welcome to July. It's FY21. Can you believe it? Yes, it is July, and that means one thing. Christmas in July, and you got me a present? No, no, I was thinking tax time. But I guess if you want a present, your present can be my presence and my ongoing commitment to this little radio show. How's that? Wow, I am hashtag blessed. You know, couldn't do it without you. You make it sound like it's such a chore. So today we have another amazing guest joining us. Nick, tell our audience who is in the LGBTQ plus hot seat today. Well, today in our hot seat, we have co-chair and co-founder of the Proud Committee, Chelsea McPhail Rosenberg. Oh my God, I love Chelsea and that name. That just is a, just the name that I wish I had. What a regal sounding name. Anyway, I'm so excited to have Chelsea on today. Um, but what are we talking to her about? Why is she here? Well, she is going to help us answer the question, why are symbols so important to the LGBTQ plus community? Right. Symbols as in emojis or what? Because, you know, I could do a whole episode on what emojis mean, if you know what I mean. Like there's lots of little combinations and that sort of stuff. Look, I know that you've got a lot to say about emojis, probably more specifically about some certain vegetable emojis. But today is not the time nor the place for that conversation, my oh. friend. That's like an after hours over a wine type of chat. Like, you know, we've got to keep it, you know, keep it work, you know, friendly here. So let's save that one for another time, shall we? Um, But what I'm talking about, when I say symbols, what I mean is visible signs of acceptance, such as rainbow flags, stickers and pins, you know. It's like those cues that we look for that give us an idea and permission to know that it's okay to be our true selves. Yeah, right. Okay, got it. Just on the on the topic of flags, I fly up my rainbow flag from my balcony every day. Do you fly a flag? I'm curious. Are you a fl- flag flying gal? That's <laughs> a tongue twister. Flag flying gal. Um, <laughs> look, flag flying gal. I would like to be. If it was up to me, I'd have multiple flags hanging from my balcony. Oh. However, where I live, you know, my body corporate is very strict about belongings and decorations on balconies. To be honest, like I've got to sort of plant situation happening on my balcony hanging from my railings and to be honest I'm not really sure if I'm allowed to you know it's a bit bit you rebel you rebel anyway Um, I don't agree with that I think you should be able to fly a flag so what I might do is I'll write your body corporate a nice little note after this and uh hopefully it doesn't get into much trouble anyway let's get back onto the Diamante path now um shall we bring in our guest Nick I would love for her to come in now we shall let us welcome Chelsea to the podcast Hey, Nick and Nick. Thanks for having me today. I'm super excited. 
Yeah, look, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today, Chels. Um, now, we like to ask our guests uh, to do a bit, little bit of an intro when they come on our show. Um, so tell us, who is Chelsea McFowl-Rosenberg, please? Great, great, great question. Uh, so Chelsea McFowl-Rosenberg, uh, that's not even my full name. So for the listeners out oh my there, God. my full name is Chelsea Naomi Simpson McFowl-Rosenberg. So you already know a bit more about me. Um, and then my parents That's a long home. name. That's I thought you, name. You, the normal name here that we've got written down was long. No, no oh it's a long Lord. one. So I think that speaks to me a little bit. There's a lot going on. I hate to travel um, through customs with that name. It doesn't fit on any passport or no, any of the letters. Like, no. oh, Can't fit the letters. But um, so, yeah, my name's Chelsea. Uh, my, I've got a beautiful wife of two years. We've been together for five years and we have two beautiful uh, fur babies. Um, one was not as wanted as the other, but she convinced me after four years. So we have two now, <laughs> uh, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. Um, so I, I run a store in the metro business in Chatsworth, um, which is an amazing opportunity. Uh, and I also identify as female and take the pronouns she, her and hers. Fabulous, Chelsea. Well, we did say at the top of the podcast that you have a very royal and regal name, but little did we know it was so royal and regal with you actually having five names. There's a lot going on. There's a um, lot. And you've got, you've got a lot going on at work too because, you know, being a store manager is a really tough gig in our business. And then on top of that, you are the co-founder and co-chair of Proud. Yeah, it can be a bit. It can be a bit full on being a school manager and also co-chair of Proud. But like you guys spoke about a little while ago in other podcasts, I absolutely love my gay job, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, Charles, um, our listeners probably wouldn't know this, um, but it's a little fact. Uh, actually, we started at Woolies together about six years ago in the same intake of the grad program. Can you believe it was that long ago? Yes, I can. Oh, no, I can't. Um, Haven't we aged bit... well, though? We don't you... look a day over 24. <laughs> you, look gra- you look great. You're very timid on the first day, Nick. So you really come into your own. I was very shy, wasn't I? You were. You're all hidden in the corner. Some big personalities taking over. But, Chelsea, I mean, in the first instance, why did you want to join Woolies? And I know that you guys both joined through the grad program. So why were you interested in Woolies and, in particular, the grad program? Yeah, so it's, it was a bit random for me actually joining Woolies to the grad program. I did a marketing degree, um, but at the end of my degree, I realized I'm actually a really bad speller um, and copy wasn't really my thing. So I started looking at other grad programs and Woolies came up um, and I'm really in love with big brands and big marketing. So I thought, why not give it a shot? Um, and I entered the uh, business leadership grad program and then fell in love with operations through that. So I haven't exactly ended up where I thought I would, um, but wouldn't change that either. Yeah, I think that happens to everyone, though. We kind of had a discussion about that in a different podcast about how um, most people kind of land in retail and then you kind of get sucked in and fall in love with it. Yeah, it does. Uh, it takes a bit of your life, but it, it's totally worth it. It's one of my it's absolutely fun all the time. Maybe not in COVID, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> so, Charles, when we started, Woolies was really different culturally. And uh, I know from my personal experience, um, when, as we mentioned before, I was quite shy when I started. Um, and I think um, that sort of... Um, was complicated by my sexuality as well. And I didn't feel that when I started that I could be out at work. Um, so 
tell us a bit about your experience. Like, did you, were you out from the start or, or do you know, were you in the closet like me? Cause I think I was, um, you know, not out at work for the first two years, at least of my career. Um, so I'm keen to sort of hear your, your experience. Yeah. So I actually came out, um, when I fell in love with my first girlfriend when I was 18, um, and I have never gone back into the closet. So when I did join Woolies, I was a rather confident, uh, 22 year old gay girl. Um, with some big ambitions. So I was always out. Um, but at the same time, I didn't see a lot of people who looked like me. Um, I didn't know that many people who were gay in the business either. Mm. So I guess then, I guess when you're saying that you didn't see a lot of people who were like you, you were kind of missing those signs and symbols um, that we often look for. Um, can you explain to our listeners, Chelsea, that like when we talk about signs and symbols for the LGBTQ plus community, what what are we talking about? Like, what does that mean? And how do those create a sense of acceptance and safety? Yeah, totally. So I was thinking about this um, earlier today. And I think one of the, the biggest things I thought about was when we we're having the marriage equality debate, um, it was a really challenging time for a lot of people in the community. And when you would drive around and you'd see a rainbow sticker or you yes, spoke on the back of a car, it always made you feel really accepted. And I think in the workplace, just having symbols like a rainbow sticker or a flag or a video or even our proud pins, you can look around and go, well, this is somewhere I feel safe. And then if I choose to, I feel comfortable to come out um, in, in the work environment. So I think, the, you know, the smallest things like a symbol that for as many people might not mean a lot, it can mean so much for someone in the workplace um, and in our stores. So I think it's something that we should do, you know, we do well and it's something we continue to do well in the space. So I'm keen, so when you started, you mentioned, um, you know, there was not really a lot of visible signs of acceptance for LGBTQ plus people. Um, what did you do to st sort of start change in this space? Because that's a huge sort of issue to tackle, you know, especially as a 22 year old grad. Yeah, so I kind of accidentally fell into it, actually. So there was a graduate called uh, Kate McLaren, and she came to me asking me what we thought the policies would be around inclusion for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and when we researched it, we found out that there were actually was really gray area around inclusion in our policies. Um, it wasn't black and white and it didn't exactly call out the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community either. Um, and then we kind of thought, well, you know, it's 2015, it's probably not exactly where we want to be as the business. Yeah, so we went and spoke to leading businesses, uh, businesses uh, how they built their networks. And a lot of these businesses were gold tier in the AWEI, which Rachel spoke about um, a few episodes ago. Um, and we spoke to them about how they built their employee networks and what policy changes they needed and how they got executive sponsorship. And then based off that, we went and built our own network uh, that didn't have a snappy name like Proud. Uh, it was called the LGBTQI plus ally network. Um, and we pitched that to a number of the grads actually. So our first um, onboarding on Google Plus was, I think we had 54 people to start off with. Um, and that's obviously grown dramatically since then. We also went out and we built this deck. So we built a pitch and then we took advantage of being grads and got ourselves in the room with as many senior leaders as we could and really talked through what we saw as a gap in the uh, diversity strategy and what we could do to build that, bridge that gap and uh, change the culture within Woolies. And I think we were really lucky at the time Brad had become the CEO and the current diversity strategy at the time didn't really speak to the changes in the culture that Brad had already started building. The, um, the growth and the momentum of Proud is insane. Like, like it was, you know, increasing year on year at a huge rate. And I think that's awesome. Um, so 
Tell us some of your most proud moments during your time as co-chair, because you've been co-chair now for five years. Um, so no doubt there's a, a lot of sort of highlights that you have um, since being in that role. Yes, I think my first, the first proud moment for me would be our first year of Wear It Purple, which was a trial. Um, and it was meant to be a 10 store trial and ended up being 500 stores participating. And I think it really spoke to the appetite of our team for this, you know, for us to have more inclusive space for the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, I think the other really big highlight for me was when we actually came out in support for marriage equality. Um, I don't know a lot of people know that we did that, but it was something that was we worked on in the background and it was really proud moment for me to be able to go, well, actually, you know, my business that I work in is publicly coming out in support of me as a person. I think, you know, we talk about symbols, but that's a statement that really had a positive impact on a lot of us. Um, and then the, probably the final bit would be, you know, the fact that we're now participating in Mardi Gras. Our first year in Mardi Gras was just such an amazing experience. We got all these people together who had worked tire tirelessly on building, you know, proud up and, you know, making sure that all our team were engaged. And then we got to march down Oxford Street as this amazing group of 80 people. And then the love and support we got on Google Plus and how everyone actually participated in their own ways. Um, you know, I get, I really get a little bit emotional talking about that because it, it's, you know, I didn't think as a 22-year-old grad that I would be able to go and, you know, embed something that drove such a big change um, throughout our culture um, in the business. So, yeah, I do. I get a bit teary. <laughs> it, and I think it's like, it's such a fascinating story to hear the history of Proud because I don't think there's a lot of that history is known in our business that essentially like Proud is well started as a grassroots movement really. It's the kind of combination of passion and opportunity coming together at the right time and, you know, who would have thought, as you said, that, you know, some 22-year-old grads would start something that was so transformational for our business that created such a significant change and, you know, similar to what you said, Chelsea, like definitely one of my highlights has been marching in the Mardi Gras um, for Woolies and it's so funny when you march down Oxford Street and there's people standing on the sidelines screaming at you I love Big W or I love BWS <laughs> and you just think like I'm not famous why are these people shouting at me like they love Big W you're like I love you too it's, it's incredible the feeling and the sensation of that yeah I think the really important bit as well is that we haven't just participated in Mardi Gras we've actually gone and participated in local pride events across the country so, you know, as a business, we've shown team in, in pretty much every state now that we support you, that you can, we are going to march as a group um, and that, you know, that what bigger symbol than a group of actual our team members marching with the Proud logo down their local streets um, and having, you know, crowds cheering them on. That's, you know, the ultimate symbol that a business supports you is that when you get to do that. Yeah, and I think that's also really important and powerful for, you know, those regional towns where we do that in as well, where it, that that is a very big symbol in terms of having that type of statement in a regional town where oftentimes, you know, those that particular community there's already, you know, working through some struggles around um, extra marginalisation, being an LGBTQ person in a marginal town can be quite challenging. So it's that's just even more of a statement really. 100%. And, you know, we're still one of the biggest uh, employers of young people in the in the country. So if we can create a space where young people feel confident to come out, um, you know, that's something that everyone should be proud of. Yeah. So, Chels, if an LGBTQ person was joining Woolworths today, 
or perhaps it's someone who's been working with us for some time now and maybe they're only just discovering themselves as an LGBTQ person, what would you say to them about wanting to get involved in or joining the Proud community? How can they go about that? What do they do? Yeah, so first off, I'd get get on board of Google Plus and join the Proud at Woolworths um, group on Google Plus. I think that's where you're going to start to see, you know, what the community is about, which is really about creating an inclusive place for everyone and a place where we can share our own personal journey and stories throughout the year. Um, secondly, if you were interested in joining the Proud Committee, um, we have a Proud email address, um, proud at woolworths.com.au, um, where you can go and email. And I'm sure Nick generally gets on that and responds pretty quickly. Um, and he'll be able to leave you in with some committee members to have a conversation about, you know, what does it mean to be a committee member? And how, you know, how do you best think you can support the Proud group? And how do you think you can add, you know, add value? Um, and even if that's just in a short stint, so you work on a working group project, um, or if, you know, it's joining the Proud Committee on a full-time basis. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done in the Proud Committee um, because, um, you know, as, as Charles mentioned, we, you know, have a lot to do um, every year to sort of create change and, and further our, I guess, journey in the um, inclusion diversity space. Um, now, I've got a question, Charles, around um, symbols. So how can leaders in our business and other allies within the business use clever use of symbols, I guess, um, to really um, tell their LGBTQ people um, that it's uh, a safe place for them um, and that they don't need to be in the closet or hide who they are? Yeah, it's a really good question, Nick. So I think, you know, getting yourself a proud sticker and putting that on your laptop is a really easy way of of going about that. Also, you know, completing the ally training and becoming an ally, then you get a proud pin that you can wear, you know, when you're out in stores or around the support office. Another way is also putting, you know, it on your email chain. So having your pronouns or a proud logo on there. So when you're emailing your team that they know um, that you're supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. And then, you know, the biggest thing is getting involved in our events. So, you know, where at Purple's coming up in August, the last Friday of August, you know, how can you engage your team to get involved in Wear It Purple. And I think when senior leaders really get behind events like Wear It Purple, it really speaks to how supportive they are. Um, and that's, you know, Wear It Purple is a great symbol throughout the year of us getting behind the community and also having some fun and training people at the same time. Yeah, and we always say that we can't, you know, we can't do this movement without the support of our leaders and without the support of our allies. And we welcome everybody into the community. Everybody's welcome to come in and help support and help you know, get the movement moving forward. 100%. We have to have allies. They're so important. Yeah. So, Chels, before we let you go, we always ask our guests for a piece of advice to give to our listeners. So what is the piece of advice that you would like to give to our listeners today? Yeah, so my piece of advice would be, you know, if someone says the wrong thing, let's not make sure we don't, let's not knock them down. Let's just educate them and bring them up because if we shut the conversation off, based off incorrect terminology or pronouns, that person may never have that conversation with us again. So I think it's really important that we listen and we be soft with our approach um, when we're talking around LGBTQ plus issues. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a beautiful piece of advice. And um, I, I would definitely agree. I think, you know, everyone's on a learning journey um, in some way. Um, and I think I spoke about it in our first podcast that, you know, even I don't know um, everything and, and even I'm learning new things every day um, in the LGBTQ space as well. So um, it's been a real pleasure having you on today, Chels. 
Um, it's, you know, our top rating viral podcast will definitely be even more top rating after sort of you star on it. So thank you so much for, for coming on today. I know you're a very busy lady. Um, so we do appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much, your Royal Chelsea. <laughs> well, that was amazing. What an inspirational young woman. Well, Nick, can you believe that this is our fifth episode done and dusted? Are you feeling like an old hand at this podcasting thing now? Look, Dale, you know that my age is a very sensitive topic, so let's just not go there because she's feeling it these days. Well, honey, you don't look a day over 30 if you ask me. Well, I'll take that because 30 is definitely younger than my real age. So thank you very much. So what are our plans for next week, Nick? Who's on the show? What are we doing? Tell me. Look, we've decided to give the people what they want. It's just going to be you and I flying solo next week, my friend. Oh, my Lord, the dynamic duo return, hey? Love that. Love it. Yeah. Next week, to quote Dr. Sheldon Cooper, we're doing a Fun With Flags episode. And I understand, Nick, that you would like to learn more about flags. I would. I can't tell you the number of times I've been at a party and everyone's talking about flags and I just couldn't join in. So I'd love to be schooled on flags. I'd love it. Well, you came to the right podcast, my friend. Um, we've learned about who the people are that make up our LGBTQ plus community. Mm. And today we've learned about the importance of symbolism. So as you might know, one of the most common symbols used is flags. And did you know that there is a flag for every letter of LGBTQ+. Well, it certainly sounds like a hoot and a half, and I can't wait to talk flags with you. Um, now, there will be lots of fun and laughs and flag knowledge, of course, um, in our next episode, so don't forget to tune in. Until next time, though, stay safe, shine bright, and be proud. Bye, everybody.